This week on The Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series as we discuss yet another California ballpark, Angel Stadium of Anaheim, the home of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. My goodness, that is a lot of words. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team, and we will be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our more regular episodes that we will be dropping every couple of weeks or so. So make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss out on one of our guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Chain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Senor Anthony Rapp. Je m'appelle Anthony. <laughs> That's three languages now in the first couple of minutes See? of this podcast. See? Uh, Baseball's an international sport. So it is. I don't think there's too many French speakers. There's got to be. Oh, Russell Martin, Russell Martin. Yeah, but yeah, some French Canadians we got in there. Uh, One, so, who else? I don't know. Is I'm there, sure there's got to be more. Go, I go. I think Toronto's got a couple of Canadians on their team. French so. Canadians? We'll see. You know, maybe they, they can. <laughs> well, there's also, there's got to be some. Oh, man, that's a really good. There has to be some former Expos that are still playing right now. I would think there's some former Expos. And I feel like if you played in, in, in Montreal, maybe you picked while. up. been a while. I don't know. There's not too many. No, left. it's 2005. It's you know, yeah, I know. But ten years, and they were all probably older then, oh, right? Man. There has to be some expos. That's that's a you know, listeners out there, if you know, if there, I don't feel like doing any research on this whatsoever because I'm too tired. So if you know, of any, wow. <laughs> if you know of any, are there any current Montreal expos that are or not current, but former Montreal expos that are currently playing? Yeah, they're current Montreal expos. They're they're diluted. <laughs> Email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or deluded tweet at us at clubhousepod. At home played in <laughs> Expo Stadium. Like, I want Montreal. someone pitch a ball to me. I want Montreal to get a team back so badly. So bad. I want Montreal to get a team. I want Vancouver to get a team. I want, I just, I, I want. But that means you'd have to le- lose two teams from the States. We already said Tampa. Get, or get, get Tampa 32 teams. 32. Oh, interesting. Football's got 32 teams. All right. Okay. Expansion. Expansion. Okay. 184 games. 200 games. Oh, my 600 God. games. Oh, my God. Let's just play year-round yeah. baseball. Oh, I'm telling you, the offseason. Oh, I, oh, the offseason's so deep. He just hit his face. I did. <laughs> I did hit my face. Wow. We are, it's still early. We're recording all these in the morning. Okay. So, uh... We haven't you even, didn't talk- even yeah you didn't tell I didn't, where I we're didn't going. Introduce, yeah I didn't tell you where we're going where on we're our going? on our magical mystery tour here our stadium series continues I forgot where we were going we are currently in Los Angeles technically 
What do you Not mean? really. What do you mean technically? We are in Los Angeles. No, I'm talking about, yes, we are physically in Los Angeles, but I'm saying when we close our minds and what we're going to be talking about now is in Los Angeles, but not really. It's, it's Los Angeles adjacent. Sir, we are at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Stadium. Oh. Yes. So really we're in Anaheim right yeah. now. Yeah. And <laughs> folks, he just he just grimaced. He has a very sour look on his face. That's sour. Oh, it's a sour look. You 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 did not like. We did no. go to Angels Stadium of Anaheim together in the 2015 season, and you were not very pleased. I wasn't. It was like atmosphereless, and it uh, yeah, it was uh, so generic, <laughs> and I was disappointed by that. Really, what were you expecting? I don't know if I was expecting anything in particular. But I just like, you know, some feeling of personality. It was. Well, they had, I they mean, they tried. had personality. They didn't. They, they, they had personality you didn't enjoy. Like they but, had their own personality. Yeah. They did. <laughs> and we, one of the things we talked, I think we talked about it that day is for all the success they've had in the last, you know, 12, yeah. 15 years, many, you know, they've won pennants, they've won the World Series, they've been in the playoffs a bunch of times. The. You know, a lot of stadiums where they have that kind of success, you can really the 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 evidence of that is very apparent, but mm-hmm. not in a way that's like super crazy, but that you can really see the the success of the team that you love. Yeah, assuming that you're going to the stadium because you at least or at least like, <laughs> if not love, and the all that stuff was so tiny and like way out in the very outer reaches of the outfield and could barely see it which seems strange for for like what i understand of the of the owner he's pretty self-aggrandizing <laughs> you know and thinks pretty highly of himself and uh, so Artie i was Moreno, just i was already Moreno. Moreno. i was just know? surprised by that that was one thing that stupid rock formation <laughs> thing in the outfield like the like you're at a theme. You were like so at, angry. Like at a bad theme park. But you are in theme park country. You're in Anaheim. I understand. I don't care. That's the point. So you are in the world of Disney and so, fake castles and so, fake everything. Okay, great. I'll say this. So our former guest on the show, uh, child actor Ty Simpkins, is a crazy Angels fan now because of Mike Trout. Like he just he's in love with Mike Trout. Oh, cool. And so yeah, so he's he got really, good taste and good talented ballplayers. Yes, yeah, so he really does love the Angels, and he loves Angel Stadium. And so I was talking to him about it and off the air. And he was telling me that he loves the rock formation. He loves the fireworks. And it made me think, I was like, well, he's a 14-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. He's a young kid. And I think that's, you and I are just, we're Statler and Waldorf, you know, the old (laughs) Muppets. Yes, we're we're in the corner of the theater, you know, uh, uh, rabble-rousing and just getting upset at the things. But No, but you know me. I I know, I know. When I love something, I will absolutely shout it from the- Of course, right, right. No, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, though, but for that one specifically, I do understand that that is not, when it comes to to the angels, I think they are, are trying to embrace that kind of- kitschy atmosphere Ooh. thing I, <laughs> all right i'm gonna, i'm done defending him because i i'm not the world's biggest fan of that ballpark either i think it's kind of it, it generic is a great word for mm. it there's really nothing that sticks i do like outside the ballpark which i know you don't like but i love the giant uh 
baseball hats, the Angels baseball hats. They kind of, I know. They're it, so weirdly shaped. They, they are weirdly like, shaped. They don't even look like real hats. I like it because, once again, it's a cool gimmick. I love the giant halo in the uh, uh, parking lot. Sure. Um, the giant A and the, you know that you can see for miles. I, I think we talked about this, too. I don't like that shade of red. Also. Yeah. No, you're right. There, it is kind of a, a very odd uh, a bright shade of red yeah. that I'm not a big fan of either. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really go well for with baseball to me. Yeah. Um, but we, you know what? We've talked a lot about uh, Angel Stadium of Anaheim with, uh, at this point, I'm not sure. I'll spoil it if if uh, we haven't released that episode yet. But we had Sarah Colonna on uh, the, the, the wonderfully hilarious uh, stand-up comic. Uh, and she told us all about Angel Stadium of Anaheim and the public transportation that you and yes. I did not take yes. to get there. I, w- I approve of that. Yes. I approve of this message. Because <laughs> the game that we went to there, we went with uh, Mackenzie Aston, uh, a film and television star, Mackenzie Aston. Uh, and we all watched the game there together. So uh, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on Angel Stadium of Anaheim, check out, I believe it's going to be part two of the Mackenzie Aston uh, podcast way back when in our archives, uh, where at the end of that episode, we have about 10 or 15 minutes of us inside the park breaking down our thoughts on Angels Stadium of Anaheim. Um, yeah, I know. We, neither one of us were were the biggest fans. Oh, I the mean, garlic like, fries. The garlic fries there, I really think good, you yeah. uh, agreed, yeah. were fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah it's... It's you know I I can't get like super angry at it. No, of course not. But it's so sort of like. Bleh. Well, I think there it is. It's not. I I really honestly, when I go back and I think about the thirty parks, I feel not really strongly or one way or another. Like when I think of Tampa or Oakland or Miami, I think oh, Miami. I know. I think very strongly one way. When I think Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Baltimore, et cetera, I think very strongly the other way. With uh, Angel Stadium, I just kind of like all right. It's a park. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I was, I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like, especially now, because, you know, they are going to have the best or one of the best, you know, the top, the, the face of Major League Baseball for the next decade, barring injuries, barring any type of decline. Mike Trout will be, you know, I'm, I'm sure they want him to be the Jeter of the next generation, well, but, he's, but he's one of them. I, have to say there's others yeah of course like, that's what i said that's what i said there's really there's, there's gonna be multiple yeah uh, like yeah, I said, yeah, Manish, we're yeah, in this era yeah, of, yeah, of harper really, and machado yeah. and uh Bryant. well there you go i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> and chris bryant and, and the whole cubs uh uh core there it's starlin castro as well who is no longer a cub yankee uh he's a pinstriper so yeah i mean uh, anaheim get it together i mean let's let's try and do something a little bit more special, a little bit more. Manish, we're talking about Anaheim. What? So, What's your problem with Anaheim? I'm just no problem per se, but <laughs> the the notion of Anaheim being on the cutting edge of anything. Seems oh, pretty, Mr. Rap is throwing the gauntlet down I'm to you now. I'm throwing the gauntlet. He down. is. He's challenging you. How are you going to respond to that, Anaheim? Because Anaheim is listening. They are listening. What are you talking about? The world is listening to no, us. I'm talking about the the like Anaheim. If there's like some entity, like some supreme being of Anaheim, that's like, <laughs> I have heard your challenge and I accept your challenge. Well, we are throwing down the gauntlet to you, Anaheim Angels front office. Let's go. I I want to you know I want to go back to your ballpark in 2016 and see a couple of changes here that make me feel like I'm in a baseball stadium. Yes, you know that's that's our biggest. I think, uh, recommendation. Anything else? Nope. All right. So, uh, the rounding third podcast that you will be, 
uh, jettisoned off to very shortly here. I interviewed a group of teenagers in the parking lot. I did like that at Angel Stadium. I mean, people kept on warning me uh, before I went there. They were like, oh, you're going to go to Anaheim. It's going to be a bunch of rich white people who don't care about the game. And while they were kind of right, uh, I I, I did get a little bit upset with my... Oh, no, you didn't. Because... In the ninth inning of my game, my first game at Angel Stadium, they were playing the uh, Oakland Athletics, division rivals. They were up 4-1 to one in the ninth inning. Uh, Pujols hit a home run in that game. Trout hit a home run in that game. It was a great, great game. And in the top of the ninth inning with Frieri, I can never... Frieri. Thank you. I can never pronounce his name. With uh, him on the mound. Wasn't it Frieri? Yeah, yeah. He was their closer. He was on the mound. Getting the last three outs, and I'm I'm 99 sure it's in the actual podcast episode. If it's not, go to runningthird.net, and it's definitely on the Angels page. There were literal crickets. There were crickets. You could hear crickets in the ninth inning. I recorded it with my recorder because yeah. people were just sitting on their hands. Uh, but before the game, I interviewed a group of of uh, young teenagers who were super rowdy, and uh, I actually jumped in the back of their pickup truck during their their tailgate and we were all just chatting angels baseball so uh take a listen to that interview and we will see you next time here in the clubhouse we're just going to take a brief break so that i can tell you how to get in touch with anthony or me you can follow us on twitter at clubhouse pod Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion, so please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special, or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with the lawyer who cleaned up baseball, Charles Sheeler. He is an utterly fascinating man. In this clip, Charles talks to us about his experience in the Roger Clemens congressional hearings. Well, they brought Clemens back. I sat next to him at a hearing, um, and on the other side was his trainer, Brian McNamee, who yeah. had who had uh, provided him with the, the steroids, which of course Roger denied. But basically, I was put there as sort of a, a potted plant to keep these two guys apart so they didn't like start strangling each other. Yeah. And it was like the worst middle seat you ever had on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just um, the, <laughs> the tension between these two guys was palpable yeah. and the other thing is roger was just clearly so incredibly nervous about what what was going on welcome everybody to another episode of rounding third with manish jane today's episode the los angeles angels of anaheim and angel stadium of anaheim that's a bit of a mouthful so we're just going to go ahead and call it angel stadium for short uh today's going to be a little bit of a different uh, uh, format uh, for the podcast. I'm going to actually play the interview that I did first and then come back and talk with you guys a little bit about my experience in LA. The first thing that I will say is that it was a fascinating experiment, which I had no idea was going to happen. I did not plan for this at all. But going to a game in Oakland and then going to a game in Anaheim were two completely different experiences. I'm talking 180 degrees different. 
And uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But before I do, I want to play for you guys um, an interview that I did where I met four young gentlemen outside of Angel Stadium while tailgating. And I ended up joining them in the back of their pickup truck and having a nice conversation just about their experiences at Angel Stadium and a little bit about the fans in, in um, Anaheim. And, you know, just just take a listen to it, and then uh, I'll see you guys uh, at the end of this to give you some of my thoughts of Angel Stadium in Anaheim. So please enjoy. So I'm standing outside of Angel Stadium here in Anaheim, and uh, there's a bit of a tailgating going on, and it looks like I'm in what's being called the Bone Zone, which is going to be the new right field area, I assume, for the Angel Stadium. So uh, uh, let's just get all the names here real quick. Uh, you are? Aaron Cappy. Dino Boscovich, Pete Boscovich, Nick Boscovich. All right, so I'm assuming brothers and cousins. cousins. Oh, all cousins. All right, so we got a whole family of cousins here. All right. So you guys were saying you've been coming to games here for quite a long time. Uh, just very briefly, all four of you, just give me your first memories of ever coming to Angel Stadium here. It was amazing, man. It's just probably one of the most amazing things to see, a group of nine guys out there on the field. Just nothing, nothing like it, really. Do you remember anything specific about just the first time that you were able to? I'm, I'm assuming you watch games on TV, yeah. but. Uh, first time, I mean, it's just, it's just like, I think it's so much to take in. You're sitting there, it's just, you got actually nine guys in front of you, you got freaking 30,000 people next to you. It's just, it's it's a lot to take in. It's, uh, it's exciting, though, when guys come across the plate, everyone jumps up. It's, you know, I was just so little, I was just like, holy crap, this is, this is something, man. It was, it was just a cool feeling to be a part of. I'd say my probably first experience here was uh, I got to witness uh, my favorite player here, Tim Salmon, hit a home run one day, and uh, I was walking by the rocks after the game, and uh, one of the one of the workers here was actually nice enough to to get the home run ball, and actually uh, saw me walking by with my uh, dad as a little kid, and handed me the ball, and I got to actually get the home run ball from my favorite player. Actually, Wait, so you got is your first game or on your first game? Do you got a home run ball yeah, from Salmon? My first few games here, I got one of my home run balls from Salmon, and I didn't get to catch it. But I mean, the fact that the worker came over and actually just handed me the ball after it was awesome to see the mark on the ball and actually, well, actually where it like landed everything. So talking to the guy about it, it was pretty fun. It was you exciting. know what? I've been going to games for 25 years, never gotten a ball until about three weeks ago in Camden. I got my it, first ever exciting, ball. Right? It's one of the most exciting things in the world. Exhilarating <laughs> experiences in all of the game right there. So the fact just, that you were able to do that among the first time yeah, you were here, first, that's there you go. The game, just there you go. You got the best experience right there. You can ask for nothing less. That is phenomenal. Yeah, probably one of my best memories just coming out to the ballpark and just seeing Darren Erstad play. Just one of the grittiest players I've ever seen. Plays hard. Just love the way he gets dirty. Doesn't give, doesn't care about anything. Just plays hard every day. Yeah, one of my memories is uh, I was out here and we had upper deck seats one game. It was one of my first years I used to come out to games and I saw Tim Salmon. He had a day off that day and he was outside the outside the stadium. He gave me and my dad seat three rows from the field. It was amazing. That's pretty impressive. All right. So what is the atmosphere like in this ballpark? You said you've gone to a couple of games here. When I need to, I need to hear. All right, that's all right. Let's hear it. It's been, it's, been it's, it's, a, it's a struggle, man. Like. Uh, Honestly, like sitting there with the fans, like, okay, there's no one there, first of all. So there's like, they say there's 30,000 people there, and you look around, and there's like 10,000. It's, it's terrible. I mean, first of all, as a fan, you're just, you go to the game, and you're just like, come on, people, like, we have this great team. Like, they're not doing well, okay, but like, support them, come out. Like, if you show your support, things, it, it gets the ball rolling. It's just, the team going it, a little bit, yeah, get them excited. They just don't, like, if you don't, if you're playing and you don't feel like someone's caring about you, like, what's the point of playing? 
you feel like you're just sitting there wasting your time really right yeah. and that's what it's that's what it feels like out here like the fans are just like uh it's seventh, they're seventh there like let's let's just go see what's going on today that's what it feels like yeah. seventh inning rolls along and all of a sudden it turns into the la fans there people leave the game exactly. just beat the traffic here there Stay for the whole game. See what happens. Really? See, I was expecting yeah. that. I haven't. I'm going to the Dodgers yeah. game next week. I was expecting you'll, you'll that. And with the Dodgers, for here, yeah, I kind of think see it. It's, it's the same it. thing. Here. Yeah. LA I'm fans are weird. It's like, uh, I hate to say it, like the, a lot of them. There's there's the true fans, like that stick around yeah, yeah, all the time. Fans, but then there are the fans that only come when they're winning, and it's like you, it's really apparent. It's if you live in LA, you could totally tell. Yeah. So what about last season when you guys kind of you know obviously you came up a little bit short, but towards the end of the year, especially with you know a little Trout there doing yeah. well for how was the crowds last year as far as oh, were you guys supporting it? They would they would go crazy for Trout, of course. I mean he, we saw his yeah, he was, debut. yeah he was our smart we saw his, we saw his major league debut actually last year right here. Yeah, but it was like no one knew who the guy was, and we were we were just going nuts. Yeah, we were going crazy like, day we one because we knew about him and knew he was going to be a good kid, a good well good ball player one day, maybe not as as he is now but hey we knew he was gonna be a respectable ball player and we had a lot of people would come out and be excited when he came up to play and everything of course everyone would be into the game but it seemed like eh, everyone kind of tailed off for the rest of the team a little bit it was more like ah, we know we're not gonna win the game tonight and it's kind of disappointment but you, know, you got to show that excitement and encouragement get the team up and you know they'll come along no, I agree with you 100% there. Nothing bums me out more when a fan base doesn't support their team when they're down. I mean, I'm as you can see, I'm a Tigers fan, and back in 03, we lost 119 games. You know, that was, yeah, 119. Yeah, it was. we were a game away from beating the 1962 Mets record of the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball. I'm also a Lions fan, 0-16, baby. I'm a Lions fan as well, so I've I've experienced pain. I, but you got, exactly, but you got to support. All right, so what I want to hear then, and we'll wrap this up, but I want to hear is... What do you guys think, I want to hear from all of you, what do you think makes your team and also your stadium different from all the other parks? If, if you've been to other parks, that's great. If not, even just though, what do you think is about the energy and the feel about what this park represents about your city? Southern California baseball, man. Just like watching the Angels play, that's the feeling you get. It's the style they play. And I mean, these guys being baseball players, they have to know, like just watching these guys that they do this. This is it's just part of Southern California. Like if you live in Southern California, you grew up playing baseball. It's like you've seen your friends grow up playing baseball. It's just I feel like it's just a part of our culture in a way. Uh, I mean, it's weird to say, but without baseball, I feel like a lot of us might be uh, we might just, just like kind of an escape. Like, oh, let's go watch a game just like just to get away for a minute. It's I don't know. And I don't know when you come here, a lot a lot of us, it's what we're doing. We're here to watch a game. Just enjoy the time that we're here pretty much. So that's a nice sentiment. But, yeah. Well, I mean, really, when you come to this field, so I, I was lucky enough to be here during the 0-2 playoffs. So when we had that huge run and actually won the World Series that year, and the excitement here was really—it was unreal. It really was a lot of everyone just going crazy for absolutely anything. Guy throw a strike and the fans would go nuts. I mean, it's just—it's awesome. So, like you said, Southern California baseball—it's something different out here. Everyone's a little more excitement for the game. Everyone's got a little more love for the game, and it's. I feel like uh, fans should come out more and really support it out here more because it really is—it's a beautiful game out here, and this field is. Something else. It really is. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to play at. Beautiful place to sit and watch a game. And uh, except I've been been to quite a few ball fields, and there's nothing like nothing like Angel Stadium. There really isn't. Angel Stadium is one of the most exciting games, definitely exciting places to watch a baseball game, no doubt. Just as a player myself, just coming out here and seeing everyone play hard, you just want to like model yourself after it. Like you want to play hard like these guys, and you know you never know. You might get a shot to come out here and play yourself. It's it's just great. The atmosphere is great, especially when you're going on a play, when you have a playoff run going. You know. But, yeah, I'm just going to go with the atmosphere and the fan base, like kind of how Dino said over here, taking it back to 0-2. I mean, we didn't really have a shot at the division with Oakland winning 100-something games. That was the fan base. We came out, we rallied for the wild card, and we still came out to win the World Series. 
every player played hard, had great coaching that year. All of our coaches are managing some other teams now. I mean, the fan base, the players, the coaches, all the support, it's just great out here in Anaheim. I like to hear that, and I want to wrap up by saying this, basically. I hope that we can all agree that last year's little debate, and I think we know what we're talking about right now, the little debate, I respect the hell out of your player. I think he is a wonderful player, but let's just make sure that we know the MVP was in the right hands. Oh, no. Oh, MVP yeah. oh, was definitely yeah. in the right hands. Yeah. I will admit yes. that. Triple crown winner deserves the MVP. Triple yeah. crown winner is definitely the MVP. Got to be had to that guy. Right, I want everybody to listen to that. I'll I'm sitting. My, I'll take my rookie of the year, though. I will say that. I'm sitting in the back of pickup truck with four Angels fans, <laughs> and they're agreeing that the MVP was in the right place. Like I said, I Trout is so exciting, good. and he's fun to watch. Miguel won that one. Miguel Trout played the first month. If he played the first month, we'd have a I agree. I actually agree with you on that one. If he had one more month there. I actually agree with you, but he didn't, so, you know. Miguel, tip your hat to him. Miggy, greatest hitter in the game right now. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate it. And we're back. Now, before I move on, I want to quickly uh, thank the four uh, lovely young gentlemen there for inviting me into the back of their pickup truck and allowing me to join their tailgate for uh, a brief time before the game. Now, the reason why I wanted to play that interview at the beginning of the podcast, as opposed to at the end, which is the way I normally do this, is that I wanted to give some context into what I'm about to say about this stadium. As I mentioned uh, at the top there, this was a completely different experience than I had had in Oakland. Uh, For those of you who, who may not have heard my Oakland podcast, it was by far the the weakest um, architecturally speaking, stadium that I've been to, but the fans more than made up for it. It was an incredible experience, and I really do recommend you go back and, and check out that episode just because you'd be surprised at how much fun a city like Oakland was, or at least I was surprised, I'll say. So when it was time for me to head back down south and check out Anaheim Stadium, I'll admit, you know, I had my expectations raised by the great fans in Oakland. You know, being a... a lifelong Midwest slash East Coast guy, you hear all of the the negative stereotypes about California fans. I don't know if it's because my expectations are raised. I don't know if it's because of some sort of innate East Coast bias I may or may not possess, which I'm pretty sure I don't, but, you know, I can't really be the judge of that. It's probably for other people to decide. If you, if you read my post at runningthird.net, I included something at the end, which I will, I will describe to you thusly. So this was a game between the Oakland Athletics and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Sorry, God, I keep forgetting to tag that of Anaheim on there. It's a long name, guys. Work on trying to change that. It was the ninth inning. Okay, you are playing your division rivals, the Angels and the A's, division rivals, ninth inning. It was four to nothing when the ninth inning b- began. Not very much applause happening. Okay, that's, that's fine. I understand. All of a sudden, the A's put a run on the board. It's now four to one. Okay, there's a little bit of stirring, but still not very much noise. One out, two out. It is now two outs, top of the ninth inning. 
your closer is on the mound. It is a save situation against your division rivals and the team at the top of the standings. I know, Angels, you've had a rough year. But right now, in this moment, in this game, you're having a good day. This is a game that saw Mike Trout hit a home run, that saw Albert Pujols hit a home run. The Angels' ace, Jared Weaver, had just thrown a magnificent game. This was perfect. It was a perfect night for baseball. It was gorgeous weather. And in the ninth inning, with two outs, you know what? In the last episode, I talked about how Oakland was the first stadium that I'd been to where the fans organically began to chant on their own and began to make noise without being prompted by the scoreboard. But no matter what stadium I've ever been to in my entire life, when your team is up and it's the ninth inning and there are two outs, everybody gets on their feet without being prompted. You just do it. It's it's a, it's as a part of the game as hot dogs, beer, Cracker Jacks, whatever you want to say, you stand on your feet when there's two outs in the ninth inning and your team's about to win the game. I looked around. Ninth inning. Two outs. Closer on the mound. Up four to one. This is what I heard. That is real audio that I recorded myself sitting along the third base line at Angel Stadium of Anaheim. Ladies and gentlemen, that is literally the sound of crickets. Literally. Those are crickets you're hearing. I heard crickets. Ninth inning. Two outs. Safe situation. Against your division rival. First place team. Crickets. Ninth inning. Two outs. I wish to God I was making this up. I'm telling you, I wish I was making this up. I am not. (laughs) That was an actual recording that I made of the ninth inning with two outs. And I was sitting there and I thought no one's ever going to believe me. And I quickly, you know, brought out my recorder and, and just hit record. I didn't have it close to the field. It was, it was sitting in my lap. The recorder was sitting in my lap recording that audio. I'm telling you, Angels fans, I don't want to say this about you guys, but this was embarrassing. You guys have a beautiful stadium. You have superstars in your team. Absolutely, you should be disappointed with your team. They have been struggling, and I, and I get that, and I empathize with that, and that, that's a terrible thing to go through when you just can't seem to put it together. But if you're going to buy a ticket, and you're going to show up, and you're going to sit in those seats, it is your only job to get on your feet and cheer for your team when they need you. After I had done my initial interview with those four gentlemen at the top of the podcast, we continued our conversation, and they told me the story about a time when they supported their team when when they were down. And I had them uh, tell me the story again once I turned on my recorder. And I wanted to just include that for you guys right here. Uh, It's about a minute and a half, two minutes long. It's not too long. But um, I just wanted you guys to listen to what fans are supposed to do when when their teams are struggling, when their favorite players are struggling. When someone's going through a little bit of a slump, you don't abandon them. You don't give up. You do absolutely anything you can to try to get them back on that horse. So just listen to this quick story from uh, uh, these gentlemen, and we'll be right back. 
All right, I'm back with the boys here from the tailgating, and apparently there's a story that we missed, so we're gonna have to hear a little bit about how they may have ruined Hamilton's life. Let me oh, hear no this. Way, no <laughs> way, no way. All right. That's it. Let me hear. Let me hear. All right. So uh, basically, uh, we we have a few Josh Hamilton fans, even when he was in Texas. So like, a few of us have been following him all his career, basically. Uh, we knew that when he was in Texas, he was he was a great hitter, always consistently just mashing the ball. He was dipping then. If you don't know what dipping is, tobacco, spitting, there it is. So one game we're here and we're frustrated that he's not hitting the ball because we know how good he actually is and what he can actually do. So these young fellows who are dippers themselves decide, hey, let's go try to maybe get him, get him going somehow, you know? <laughs> Just maybe get, throw an idea at him that maybe it will break him loose, set him loose, you know? So they go down to the right field wall, right on the wall while he's running into the outfield. They're holding the can up, just yelling, hey, Hamilton, trying to get his attention. Like, he's looking over. You can tell he's looking in the vicinity. But the thing is, you know, he may be like, ah, I don't want to do that, you know. But so a week later, I kid you not, we hear it's reported in the news, Hamilton is dipping again. Now, I mean, I'm not, like, jumping out on – I'm not taking this full credit, but, I mean, come on. We're at the game showing him cans, and all of a sudden he starts dipping. Like, we may have to take 50% credit for this. I, all right. Next game, two homers. Next, Next game, two home runs. That's all I gotta say. He's loose again. All right, you know what? I will give you guys credit, and that's fine. So we'll get a little mouth cancer, but we'll hit a couple home runs. I'll get the home runs along the way. It's all worth it. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. So there you have it. A rather unique way that these uh, specific fans tried to get their favorite player off the schneid. Now, I'm not sure I entirely agree with the uh, method of which they tried to get him going, but you know what? Like I said, anything you can do to try and get your favorite player or your favorite team out of a slump, you got to try everything. That is the job of the baseball fan. With one more game to go in Southern California, I'm not ready to write off the entire city or entire area as fans who are rather blasé about the sport. I just, I don't want to do that quite yet. You know, we'll see how my, my trip to Dodger Stadium goes and we'll see if maybe they can redeem themselves because uh, I refuse to buy into the gimmick. I refuse to buy into the stereotype, the hype, the the hacky premise of LA fans are above it all and don't care about anything. I just I I don't believe that. I I, I will give Angels fans just uh, the the tiniest benefit of the doubt that this is just a rough time for them. That the expectations were so high for this team and they underperformed so badly. <laughs> I mean, they, I, so I, I, like I said, I get it. I've lived through bad teams and I know how frustrating it is, but I don't know. The stadium is beautiful. They, they've built you guys a really great park. Um, now I just wish you could fill it with people that cared. And listen, and if you're out there and you're an angels fan and, and I got this wrong or, you know, if you've been able to make it through this entire thing without screaming at at your computer or whatever it is that you're listening to this on and telling me that that I'm an a-hole or that I just don't know what I'm talking about, please, you know, shoot me an email. Let me know. Give me an email at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what I got wrong. Tell me maybe I came on the wrong day, which 
it was a Friday night, ace on the mound, fireworks. I, I can't imagine any other night being better. They they won the game. You had home runs. You had great pitching. You had great defense. So please tell me, tell me that I that I just showed up at the wrong time, and and I will I will do my best to listen to you, to believe you, and you know what? I'll, I will even put up a retraction if I have to. But you heard it. I I'm telling you, you heard the crickets, and and I'm telling you that was ninth inning, two outs. I just I that I think says it all. I don't know if there's anything more that I need to even say. Next up is going to be the Dodgers, and like I said, I'm, I'm holding that hope that, you know, I, I have a better fan experience. Um, I mean, look, real quick, the game here in Anaheim was was fantastic. It was, I had a wonderful time at the stadium. It was just, like I said, the, and maybe it was because I was comparing it with the, the experience that I had in, in Oakland, and maybe that's just not fair of me to do because they were so just into every pitch of that game that this was just a bizarro land version of, of a California baseball game. But so hopefully the Dodgers will be able to, to uh, show me a little bit of a better time. Oh, but you know what? (laughs) All right. Apparently my brain is just not working right now. The Dodgers aren't actually my next game. It's the Seattle Mariners. Sorry. I got so, California centric that I completely forgot that I am entering the part of my schedule that I have been fearful of since I initially came up with this entire tour. I was able to pretty successfully schedule myself so that I did not backtrack very often or sit in one city for too long, but there was just no way to get around the LA, Seattle, LA stretch. The Angels and the Dodgers rarely if ever play at the same time, and Seattle is the only team up there in the Pacific Northwest, so... I'm entering the part of my schedule where I catch a game in LA, drive 17 hours up to Seattle, turn back around and drive 17 hours back to LA, and then drive 30 hours to Minnesota. That's about 4,000 miles in 10 days. <laughs> so yeah, this this is uh, this is the crazy time. So in between the Angels and the Dodgers. I got to go check out a Mariners game, which I'm incredibly excited for. Actually, Safeco is one of the most beautiful parks. And it's one of those that I have anticipated going to for for years. So Dodgers, you're going to have to wait a little bit to redeem yourself or at least redeem the Southern California fan base. In between, I get a little Pacific Northwest baseball action. But for now, I'm going to have to go ahead and wrap up another episode. I want to thank all of you. Thanks. You know, I, I've... I forced you to listen to me kind of complain for, for about 20 minutes, so I apologize for that. I I hope the next one will see me in, in a little bit better spirits. If you got anything to say to me, you can go ahead and email me at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at roundingthirdmj. Or if you don't want to do any of that, just keep listening. It's really all I ask. I really appreciate every single one of you who take the time to listen to this uh, as often as I can get them updated. So join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. 
If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.